commentator or commentators are solely those of the commentators and not of CJAD 800 or Astral. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Seven of seven on Montreal's News Talk leader, CJAD 800. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. I'm Dan Delmar, and joining me this week from Fuller Landau is Michael Newton. Welcome back, Michael. Thanks, Dan. Now, Michael is filling in for Josh Miller, our co-host here, because uh, Josh is doing business in uh, in China, actually. He's in Hong Kong right now, and he just sent me a BBM on BlackBerry, and he wanted to share a couple of thoughts, Michael, about uh, about doing business in China, and I'll have you address this as well. Um, he says, in looking at China's economy and investing into it, people must remember that China production is much more uh, for itself than people think. So even if the rest of the world is crumbling, businesses here can and will still thrive. So if you have the opportunity to do a business here in China, don't miss the boat. And well, he says you're probably already already a little behind. Yeah, I mean certainly uh, China's taken on a whole different uh, whole different perspective over the last few years as, as the world economy has uh, not been so great. Uh, but somewhere between China and India, I think you're looking at some very very heavy growth that, that that's going on, and I think a lot of people would be very very surprised. As a matter of fact, China probably for the first time is going to battle their own sense of inflation that uh, they're not too used to dealing with. So Josh uh, will, will join us uh, again for our next show, but for now, let's introduce our guest for the evening. Uh, he is the uh, the head of a company called Sterling Payment Solutions. They, ha they help retailers with uh, streamlined payment systems. David Swade is in studio. Welcome, David. Guys, thanks for having me. <clears throat> thanks for being here. Uh, so tell us maybe first a little bit about your company and how you got involved in, in this business. Uh, Sterling provides um, payment processing systems for retailers, uh, primarily retailers and e-commerce merchants. Um, I got into this business, um, started in 1999. I worked for a company called Optimal Payments, and then uh, in 2008, I uh, had the opportunity to buy a division from Optimal, along with my partner, uh, Harley Greenspoon, and we went out, um, basically pr took that business private. David, uh, took a little bit of a detour, I think, along the way. Uh, David would have potentially been the third generation in a family business. Uh, and uh, as you know, this program is always focused on the entrepreneur and certainly on the family business environment. So we're going to let, uh, as the, as the, uh, the hour progresses, we'll let David kind of uh, talk about the, the joys of being in a family business, uh, as well as the joys of uh, leaving the family business and doing onto some, going on to something on his own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in uh, 1997... I had been working for a technology company, and um, family business asked for me to come back and, and help uh, with a computer system. I did that for a few years, and then in, in 1999, uh, you know, had the opportunity to, to get into payments. It was the dot-com uh, era. Things were exciting and happening, and decided that uh, I really loved payments and thought it was a great opportunity to be able to go out and, and, and be part of a, a dynamic uh, young company at the time, and um, sat down with my father and totally understood... Uh, my decision and wanted to go out and supported it and uh, you know it wasn't as you know a lot of people think that you know when you're in a family business uh, and you're inside of it that it's difficult to leave it really wasn't he was really really supportive <clears throat> so why don't you take us back a little bit so we can go back into some of your history a little bit of quick quick uh, uh, description of schooling uh, are you a Montrealer from birth uh, a little bit of that history for us I am I am a Montrealer from birth I went to Lower Canada College 
Uh, then went off to a uh, university in the Maritimes, then came back, uh, worked in the family business, as I said. So uh, very much rooted in Montreal, happy to, to be here. I love the city, and uh, it's, it's exciting. Did you grow up like a lot of other Montreal entrepreneurial kids, uh, working summers and weekends in the family business? I did. I worked uh, quite a few summers uh, in the family business, shipping uh, boxes and uh, packing things and uh, doing a lot of uh, odd jobs here and there. And we, uh, Sorry, well, was it a challenge for you to stay in Montreal, or uh, did you find yourself being tempted by Toronto, by the States? Always tra tempted by Toronto and the States, but um, again, having that family business to come back to, uh, uh, and having so much family and friends here, uh, it just was very tempting to come back, and fortunately able to uh, uh, find uh, find. A exciting uh, career and, and area business to be able to stay here. When you came back from university, you said you spent roughly two years in the family business. What kind of functions uh, were you doing within the business? Primarily putting in a new uh, computer system okay. and uh, business process changes. It was a company that, you know, it's been around, uh, I think, 40, 40 years or so, and, uh, you know, the technology had started to really evolve, and that's where, you know, my uh, little bit of uh, background I'd had in technology, so uh, that's really, really where I focused uh, my efforts. We'd be remiss if we didn't give you a chance to plug your dad's company, so go ahead. Uh, uh, my father's business is a manufacturer. It's called Diamond Tea Gown. Um, it's been around quite a long time. He's, uh, he's, he's an amazing entrepreneur, I, got, I have to say. learned a lot from him. Um, so maybe give us a few ideas in terms of being able to go off on your own. Obviously, it's not an easy task. What kind of what kind of words of wisdom did you get from your parents along the way? Um, I, I would say you know a lot of hard work, uh, having vision, uh, being um, committed to having a plan, bringing in the right people, surrounding yourself with good people, and and I've been able to do that. Okay, good. Uh, five one four seven nine zero zero nine nine one. If you want to join the conversation, our guest this evening on today's entrepreneur is David Swade. He's of uh, Sterling Card Payment Solutions. They help they help retailers uh, deliver these uh, streamlined payment systems. And uh, David, what kind of retailers do you deal with? Is this uh, a small retailers, big businesses? Tell me a bit about uh, your clientele. I, I would say it's primarily sm small to medium sized businesses. Um, typical chains, five to fifteen store locations. Uh, people with internet or merchants with internet sites. Um, but that's really the target, five to, five to 15 location type change. And when you're talking about uh, the technology that's involved, I assume this is real-time transaction. Uh, I assume that you know, you're dealing in foreign currency areas. I mean, uh, for most of us out there that walk into the, uh, walk into the store and uh, process a VR card, we don't see all the mechanics that go behind it. There is. There's quite a bit of mechanics that go on behind the scenes between essentially taking money off of the consumer's card and putting the money into the you know retailer's bank account. Uh, there's a lot of of, of uh, pieces of the of the transaction um, connecting different countries, different currencies, as you mentioned, um, and we help facilitate the, those transactions um, essentially occurring. What do you feel in terms? of, Obviously, this is creating a different changes in consumer uh, spending patterns. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier uh, off-air about the debit card world in terms of Canada and the U.S. Uh, credit card, uh, kind of a feel, I guess, maybe for from you in terms of what that effect has at the retail level. Sure. You know, over the last couple of years, uh, as credits become more difficult for, for consumers to get, especially in the U.S., you've seen a huge rise in debit transactions, I think almost 40% of transactions in the U.S. are, are debit now, um, which is which is significantly higher than it was two or three years ago. Canada has always been a, a highly debit country. We we like debit. Um, we're we're comfortable with Interact and, and our debit systems. Um, so it's been you know less of a growth in Canada, but um, definitely debit has, uh, has has exploded, especially in the U.S. 
We'll continue the conversation with David Swade of Sterling Payment Solutions after the break. 514-790-0991. Star Talk on Bell Mobility. And you can also text your questions or comments to 514-800. Today's entrepreneur. Uh, inspiring stories from outstanding business people right here on CJAD. It's 715. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Michael Newton of Fuller Landau, filling in for Josh Miller, who's literally across the world in Hong Kong right now. Our guest this evening, David Swade of Sterling Payment Solutions. And we're talking a bit about uh, about the kind of business you do, David. Uh, you're not alone in the business. You do have your partner, Harley. So tell me how you guys came together and how, uh, how that partnership is working for you. Sure. Um, in uh, 2008, uh, I was uh, uh, part of the management team at uh, Optimal Payments. We were owned by a public company, uh, and Optimal Group, and they had decided they wanted to get out of the payments business. So I decided, you know, the time was right. I'd been there eight or nine years. The time was right to go out on my own. And um, sure enough, the company wanted to divest of, it, of, of some of these divisions. I'd been managing this Canadian payment division uh, as part of my responsibilities, and I thought, you know what, if I could raise the capital, to go out and, and, and take this company private. This was a perfect private company. It didn't work inside of a big public company. It was too small, but it was the perfect private company for young you know, you know young guys to run and grow and, and have the long-term, you know, the ability to think long-term. Whereas when you're in a public company, it's very short-term. Unfortunately, unfortunately sometimes it's very short-term thinking. So um, to, meet, to meet the numbers, uh, you know, every quarter. So... Um, we started to negotiate, and, and uh, Harley, who's a lawyer by trade, uh, became my lawyer on the on the acquisition. Um, that's that's his background, and uh, at the time, um, he was looking for a change as well. And he liked the vision, he liked the business. And we talked a lot about. Uh, we've been friends for thirty years, so we talked a lot about getting involved in a business together. And uh, you know, as part of the as part of the uh, acquisition, um, he decided to invest as well and and uh, help uh, help complete the transaction. Um, and uh, that's that's how it came, came together. So was this a, a defensive move on your part, or was this, as my father used to tell me, uh, nobody looks after yourself better than yourself move? I get that question a lot. Um, you know, who knows what would have happened uh, had, uh, you know, had I stayed at Optimal and a new management came in. Uh, I happen, you know, I'd like to think that I, I would have continued there, but at the end of the day, I was really ready for for a move and a change uh, the timing you know everything in life I believe is timing and the timing was perfect for it and uh, I think uh, it made sense for me uh, to go and, and Harley as well but to go out and and do this and um, so I, I, I just uh, I, I don't think it was a defensive I think it was the right move for everybody at the time and, and Optimal wanted out did the uh, did the business model change the moment that you uh, decided to do the MBO or the management buyout and move out on your own? I mean, moving out of a, a public company and a rather uh, ominous uh, control, I guess, on a public company onto your own, did you take it in a different direction or did you just continue the business along what you were doing already? I think initially we, we continued, you know, it had been around quite a while, this division, um, so we continued initially uh, as, as is, but we had we had a bigger vision and, uh, you know, the idea was to take this infrastructure, this business, and then expand into different vertical markets, different niche areas, getting more into mobile, we'll talk about later, e-commerce, and another high, you know, high growth emerging markets, um, and that's what we did. And 
So, of course, uh, the moment you took it uh, private, everything went smooth, everything went simple. It was a big walk in the park. Uh, I'm sure there was a few uh, horror stories along the way, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Maybe you can uh, give us a little bit of insight, because uh, I'm sure there's a few people out there that have either started their own business and are scratching their head or thinking of doing it. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, you go from working in a, in a large company with lots of resources and support staff to, you know, sort of doing a lot of the technology yourself, uh, doing doing a lot of things yourself. I mean, Harley would do a lot of the accounting stuff. That's out of his comfort zone. I do a lot of the technology out of my comfort zone. You just you had to do what you had to do to kind of keep get the business to a level where you could bring people in, which is, which is what we've done. So uh, no job is too big and no job is too small for today's entrepreneur. No, I think we changed light bulbs. I think we we did we did uh, we did whatever we needed to do really. And, uh, and look, we ha we had a you know twelve people in a Toronto office, but Montreal was was the smaller office, and now we've been able to grow it up. Uh, we're twenty four people in total. So. Uh, David Swade joins us of Sterling Payment Solutions. After the break, we're going to talk about some of the technology uh, because, as David was telling us uh, off the air, some of it is really, really neat. And he'll explain how uh, in the coming years you'll be able to charge clients from your iPhone. Uh, neat, really, a uh, little a bit of technology like that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, today's Entrepreneur, uh, more of it coming up. It's uh, 723 right now on CJD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.25 on Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, Dan Delmar, along with uh, Michael Newton of Fuller Landau, filling in for Josh Miller. Our guest this evening, David Swade of Sterling Payment Solutions. And David, we were talking earlier about some of the, the really cool technology that's coming in, uh, in ways that business owners can, um, can collect money from their, their clients. Tell me about iPhone technology and how that can change uh, payment in the future. Yeah, I, I think it is really exciting. The iPhone has uh, uh, obviously revolutionized the, the mobile world and, and very much so in, in the, the payment space. Um, just to give you an example, there, there's a company that has basically developed a, a slot where you drop the iPhone into that has an attached uh, card swiper. So think of a taxi driver or, or a mobile worker who has an iPhone, doesn't want to get a terminal, um, drops their iPhone into this device reader, swipes the card, card goes into the phone, out to the payment networks, you can actually sign digitally on your iPhone and you wow. get a receipt emailed to you or texted to you. Um, you know, no more paper receipt. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, I hate paper receipts too. Uh, and and uh, away you go. So there's some really cool and innovative stuff happening in the mobile payment space. So what you're basically saying is all those salesmen out there with their expense reports that lose all their receipts are now going to have no excuse anymore. You so. got it. Okay. You got it. And I'm sure there must be some security issues too that come along with, uh, with iPhone payments. I mean, if people can hack into celebrities' iPhones, get their text messages, can, can that also happen if uh, if you're putting your credit card information on a, on a cell phone? No, I mean you, you've got these uh, encrypted uh, devices that uh, ensure uh, security and and there are really high levels of security. It's a 128-bit SSL. Not to bore you with technology, but it's pr that's pretty secure uh, in terms of transmitting uh, credit card information. And we, I'm also seeing a, a lot of restaurants are using wireless technology more, not the iPhone necessarily, but these wireless interact devices. Mm -hmm. uh, are you involved with that kind of stuff? We are. The, the, the wireless aspect has been huge for our business because as the card companies have issued cards with a chip and, and pin on them where people have to get you know pin numbers, especially in a restaurant environment where you know the, the restaurateur doesn't want you to go back to the to the back of the restaurant to swipe your card so they'll bring the terminal to your table you enter your pin you get your receipt and and, and you and you move on and it, it's a more secure environment because you know you have to have your pin number in order to to process the transaction so that's what visa mastercard and the card companies are trying to do is push you know chip and pin 
as we go into the holiday season and everybody starts to spend some money uh, shopping and trying to refuel the economy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, as you discussed, security fraud is, is a major issue. Uh, I think there's still a massive misconception out there that uh, you know buying things online is so much more dangerous than, uh, than going to the store and using your credit card. Uh, reality is I don't think that's the case anymore. No, I, I really don't think that's the case. Um, you know, the, the card companies have worked very hard with, with the retailers um, to put in place, ensure that they're you know, using the, the top encryption, um, both online and in retail. Uh, and, you know, one of the arguments I often make is, it, it, you know, you could give your credit card number to, to when you call and order a pizza, um, you know, it, it, that doesn't make it any less or more safe than, than you know, ordering something online and, and thinking that someone's going to grab your card information between the time you run a transaction. So it's definitely getting better. The card companies are getting much more uh, focused on the technology to, uh, to ensure it. And, and chip and pin, as an example, has really helped uh, drive down uh, fraud. We'll come back uh, and talk more about security with uh, David Swade of Sterling Payment Solutions. If uh, maybe you've had security issues on on, uh, on your payment systems or uh, with your Interact card, your credit cards, uh, David, I'm sure, can, uh, can address some of these issues. So give us a call at 514-790-0991. Start talk on Bell Mobility. You can also text your comments and questions to 514-800. Uh, today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar along with Fuller Landau. Fuller Landau is a Michael Newton, who's in for Josh Miller, who is uh, at this hour probably having lunch, I guess, maybe. A uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's probably finishing up breakfast and actually trying to uh, focus his eyes on uh, on some 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 semblance of uh, of normalcy in the morning on a 13-hour time difference. <laughs> yes, sir. He's in Hong Kong. He'll be back for our next program. It's uh, 7:30 right now. The opinions of the commentator or commentators are solely those of the commentators and not of CJAD 800 or Astro. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.32, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau. Uh, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Our, our business person for this edition is David Swade of Sterling Payment Solutions. And also joining us, of course, is Michael Newton of Fuller Landau, filling in for Josh Miller, who is in Hong Kong at the moment. We were talking about um, this new, uh, all kinds of new wireless technology in terms of uh, how business owners can charge their clients, uh, the iPhone, uh, wireless interact devices. Um, but David, you're also saying that you can pay for your purchases, or you will be able to pay from your phones as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, there's a lot of development around using your mobile phone as a mobile wallet, where basically you're storing your credit card uh, information, and in some cases, uh, be, uh, being able to bill directly to your, your phone bill, but um, basically a mobile wallet where you're, you're going to be able to tap your phone onto a terminal, it's going to charge your card, and you're going to be able to walk out the store, and you're going to get a receipt uh, sent to you. So uh, a lot of development around mobile wallets today. Now, when pe people listening will, will hear that and will say, whoa, I mean, that's just too much power to put into a cell phone. I mean, uh, how could you reassure people that this technology down the road will be safe? And uh, what happens, for example, if, if you lose your phone? Right. Well, it's very similar today. I don't know if you've ever walked into a Tim Hortons where they've got a PayPass symbol on. It uh, looks like a little satellite dish. There's a lot of cards that are being issued today that have these little chips, and you tap your card, and you walk out the store. It, it's the same technology, just put onto a mobile phone and it all comes down to this encryption that's built around the transaction so that basically, you know, it's 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 a secure transaction. Passwords and things on your phone as well. Dan, you were talking a few minutes ago about maybe some not so positive sides of, of uh, the chip and pin technology. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you want to give us a little insight and maybe uh, <laughs> maybe David can can solve the problem. 
Well, I've had my own experience with this uh, because about a year ago, my bank, uh, which will remain nameless, uh, basically said, forget about the old swiping technology. You have to go with the chip. And then once you get the chip, because I've, I've been a victim of fraud a couple times, and uh, so they said, once you get the chip, all your problems fraud-wise will be solved. So, of course, I got the, the Interact card with the chip, and maybe two weeks later, again, my, a few hundred bucks cleaned out of my bank account. So right now, I'm a bit, I'm a bit skeptical when it comes to this chip technology. Um, what, what's, what's evolving in the, in the next few years, and, and how, do we, um, how do we improve the system? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. A lot of people are concerned about security, and understandably. Um, you know, fraudsters are always trying to continually test and find ways to, 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 to grab cards, and the payment companies are always trying to ensure that they've got the best level of, of security and protection, and it's a bit of a game. You always have to be going at it. You always have to continue to, to, to step up security, and because you know the fraudsters are always going to you know, try to find ways to, uh, to, to crack things and, and, and uh, hack into things. What ultimately is going to be the enticement for most of the consumers to go this road? I mean, certainly on a generational gap difference, uh, it's a lot easier for uh, one of us or one of our kids to move into that world. I have a hard time seeing my mom take her phone and tap it against something in order to walk out the door and buy something. I mean, how, how are we ultimately going to get through to be able to entice people to use only one technology? I'm not even sure it's going to be only one technology. I think for a while it'll be a transition, and it'll be you know different different demographics using different uh, you know technologies and different payment methods. I you know it, I think it's going to take time, but um, you know over time I think it's clear that a lot of people want to walk out with one thing, and they want to walk out often with their with their mobile phone um, and uh, and and use that for payment if they forgot their wallet. And I, I think you know that, that's what's going to happen in the future. But there'll always be both. Uh, you know, for very, very many years, both both elements. Well, so long as there's a way to gain, there's always going to be somebody to try and find a exactly. way to get around it. So that's gone on for centuries. I don't think we're going to be able to change <laughs> that tomorrow. It sort of makes me think about how far uh, we'll have to adapt to these thieves. I mean, have you guys started thinking about biotechnology, fingerprinting and stuff like that? Is that down the road? <clears throat> it's a great question, Dan. A company in the U.S. Uh, over the last five years spent a lot of money on biometrics. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge with biometrics is taking your, basically it's taking your fingerprint and using it as, as a payment method. Problem is being able to store that that fingerprint, um, you know, at, at a Visa or at a Mastercard, so that you can charge a card. Um, so it's it's you know that stuff is really really far out there. Um, just I don't know if that uh, answered your question. Security wise, I mean, there if you look at Nexus, if you go through at the border, you can go through the retinal scan and uh, and zip your way through instead of right. standing in line for half an hour at the customs. Um, and is that with are we going to find ourselves moving in that direction, or is that just a little too uh, robotic of the future? I, I think it's too robotic. I think, like I said, that that company that tried to use your fingerprint essentially to to be able to charge your your card, um, it, it didn't really work out. They spent a lot of money and and uh, ended up you know going bankrupt. So I, I think you know mobile something people are more comfortable with, um, but you know stuff like retinal scans and fingerprints, I, I think it's uh, far far out there. You just raised an issue of uh, that company spending an awful lot of money. So let's 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 rewind a little bit in the uh, in in this hour and uh, go back to starting off on the business. I mean, obviously, there's some do's and don'ts out there. Um, a lot of people wondering how you've become successful. If there's any secrets that you'd like to pass on, anything that you would like to share with today's entrepreneur? Um, I, I think a couple of things are. 
Um, make sure you have really, really good people uh, around you. Make sure you're well, capital or well capitalized or as well capitalized as you can possibly be, um, you know, to, to finance growth. Have a strategic plan. Have a vision. Um, have the people, to, as I said, to, to help you execute that and, and be financed to go out and, and do what you got to do, you know, do what you have to do to execute on your plan. I think those are the things for me um, that were, you know, most important. You hit... Uh it hit earlier on probably the biggest, uh, the, my, my, my biggest pet peeve and also the thing that drives me the most is the word passion. Uh, when you're starting off on your business, a lot of people go into it because they think they had a good idea, but their heart's not in it. So you'd like to speak to that a little bit. Absolutely. It was one of the reasons that I, I decided to move in, into a business on my own and not stay in a family business. I, I didn't have the passion and, you know... Um, uh, I think passion is so key. You can have a great vision, you can have a great plan, but you have to have the courage, you have to have the passion, and you have to have the people uh, to help you uh, execute and, and achieve what you want. Well, like you said, a lot of people have great ideas. It, it you know it takes passion, it takes uh, execution, and uh, I'm a big believer. You probably couldn't have picked a worse time <laughs> in economic history, recent economic history, or maybe seven, the last seven or eight years to start a business. You, you basically you spun this out in 2000. The idea, I think, surfaced at the end of 2007. You went, uh, you went for it in 2008. Uh, how did you finance it? How did you get it off the ground? Um, we were able to finance through uh, friends, family, uh, partners. Um, you're right. The timing was not ideal. I, I would, you know, tell you that, you know, part of the reason uh, that we ended up doing it was because of the timing, though, as well. It was, you know, the, the company wanted out of it, so that was when we had to. Optimal wanted to get out, so that was when we had to do it. So we had to jump on the opportunity. We knew the credit, you know, situation was what it was, and we were able to negotiate based on, um, you know, what we saw coming down the line. But look, any business is going to have to go through difficult times in order to, to ensure it has a sustainable business model. And I think one thing it taught us is make sure if we can get through this, we can get through a lot. And I think it was a good lesson for us. I mean, obviously, financing has been a major, major topic for anybody who's starting a business or running a business. Uh, you know, the banks have certainly tightened up uh, or had tightened up. They're, they're starting to come back around again. We're still seeing a lot of pressure out of the U.S. on consumer credit. And where that's going to take us over the next year, we're certainly not... Uh, I don't think we're going to see the end of all of this in the, you know, by the time Christmas holidays roll around. Um, maybe walk through a little bit of the stress uh, of trying to get that off. And never mind the fact that, you know, you came up with the family and you get the money, but personally, like, how does it affect and, and what kind of pressure do you feel? Um, I think, you know, the pressure you feel is, is having, you know, 24 employees that, that, that rely on you. I think it's, it's wanting to build something and be successful and, and uh, you're always thinking about the business. I, you, I live, breathe and sleep the business uh, and I think you have to and, I, and I'm sure Harley does and a lot of our employees do but it's just, um, you know, something you ha you're always thinking about, you're always worrying, you, you know, you're always thinking how do I grow this thing, how do I keep expenses down, um, you know, what's the future, where, where are we going and, and um, so yeah, it's, it's stressful but it's exciting at the same time, you know, when I left Optimal, every decision took quite a while because we were big and, and here we have an opportunity to if we like something we want to do something we go out we do it um, so there's stresses for sure but there's exciting uh, opportunities as well I think uh, I think you're a little bit like myself a little bit of an adrenaline junkie when it comes to uh, to running on uh, running on empty you know a lot of people work 35 40 hours a week and complain that they're exhausted at the end of the day uh, needless to say you're no stranger to 70, 80, 90 hour weeks in order to get something off the ground. Uh, so, you know, you talked about some of the negative aspects of starting your own business. So we talk about, now we're going to talk about the adrenaline and the stress, but there's got to be some really good aspects to it that, that keep you going every day. 
Uh, absolutely, I, you know, seeing the future, seeing what what what's happening in this industry, um, seeing us grow our, our business, you know, seeing uh, you know us build a, a exciting company, going into different markets that are that are fast paced, fast growth. That's that's what really gets uh, gets me uh, excited, and and what's nice about being out, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur. Tell me about, uh, I guess, some of the, the trials and tribulations you went through at the beginning. And for people out there who may be starting a business, um, how do you balance your passion with the reality of, um, of those, those first few moments when you're trying to get your name out there and get clients? It's, it's you know, we had a bit of a base of a business which was very helpful. It helped us with income. It helped us with, with infrastructure. But uh, I think the key is, is you know, staying focused on, um, you know, being in the details, building the foundation of the business, and that's what we really tried to do: is make sure we were a solid foundation before we, you know, we started to grow into different areas. And you know, we've gone into different markets, um, you know, but but having a solid foundation. But you have to be in the trenches. You know, it's nice to be at thirty-five thousand feet uh, and have a lot of people doing it. But at the end of the day, you know, the key was being in the trenches, setting in the foundation. I think we did that, and once we did that, it made my job, you know, a lot easier. We we're able to bring in more people. And um, you know, now things are on a, on a good path. On a typical week, uh, walk us through some of the uh, the jobs and the tasks that you do in terms of what that split would be. I guess anywhere from sales to management to administration. It's probably what I like most about this business. About the business is the variety. You know, you deal a little bit in sales, marketing, technology, accounting. You know, sometimes we'll we'll do you know we've done a small, a few small acquisitions. Um, it's a full gamut, and you have to you have to be you know on top of all aspects of the business. Um, you know, everything from operations, like I said, to sales, to marketing, to accounting. You need to have your hands in all over the place, and and making sure that you're on top on top of things. You talked about acquisitions. Uh, when you're going out to look, are you looking for a cash flow? Are you looking for a client base? What is, in, in, in your mind, what are you looking for? Um, today, it's primarily uh, cash flow and client base. Um, we feel we've got a good infrastructure to, to, to layer on you know, additional revenue. Um, so that's primarily what it is. I would tell you that you know, if, if infrastructure comes with it, you know, technology or uh, you know, U.S. offices, we, we look at that too. Uh, but, but primarily, it's customers and, and cash flow. Coming up, uh, we'll bring in uh, Kevin Ammerman, who is the IT guy at Fuller Landau, and we're going to talk a bit more about online security, especially during the holiday season and how important that is uh, for consumers and for merchants alike. And uh, David Swade of Sterling Payment Solutions is going to stick around as well. So if you have any questions about uh, perhaps Christmas shopping security, if you're looking to, uh, to shop in different ways, be it online, uh, interact, or... Uh, maybe even from from some of these uh, new wireless technologies that David is talking about, you can always give us a call and ask uh, the experts some questions. 514-790-0991, Star Talk on Bell Mobility, and you can also send in your text messages uh, for f 25 cents to 514-800. It's 745 right now. 7.48 in a moment, we'll uh, talk to uh, Kevin Ammerman, who's the IT director at uh, Fuller Landau, about uh, shopping during the holiday season and about how you can stay secure. So that's coming up in just a second. Uh, but first, uh, continuing the conversation with our, our, our guest profile this evening, David Swade of Sterling Payment Solutions and uh, Fuller Landau's Michael Newton, uh, filling in for Josh Miller. Uh, so let's, let's continue about, I guess, um, discussing David's business and and how it's how he has to deal of course uh, uh, across the border often well one of the questions that that obviously pops up if you're going to live in live in live in Canada and and work around the world and and do business around the world is the Canadian economy is only so big uh, 
Uh, obviously, the natural progression is to move into the U.S. where possible. Um, I know you guys uh, have expanded into the U.S. Maybe give us a little bit of, uh, of a thought process in terms of how you set up, uh, if you have people on the ground, if head office still operates from here, and just maybe walk us through that. Sure, yeah. You know, we, we, um, we initially bought the, the, the Canadian business, but the idea was to eventually get into the U.S. just because, as you mentioned, it's, you know, it's just 10 times the size. The North American payment market is, um, is very much you know, North American-wide, and in terms of us you know, being able to service both sides of the border, that was something that was important to us, to build a North American payments company. Uh, and so we were able to do two acquisitions, uh, one in 2009 and one in 2010, that helped bring some scale to, to, uh, to our business and, and uh, give us some infrastructure in the U.S. with some people uh, you know, in the U.S. to be able to ship terminals and do things, you know, you know have a bit of an American presence. But most of our, our management and, and decisions are made here in Montreal, and uh, most of our businesses run out of, uh, out of here. The, the basically, uh, as you mentioned earlier, that the, the debit market in Canada is significantly larger than the U.S., where everybody's more into the credit, the credit card side of things. Did that, did that play into anything that you were working on cross-border, or is it, as far as you're concerned, it's pretty much the same technology and the same, uh, the same logistics? You know, it's actually very different debit in the U.S. There's, there's nine, just to give you a sense, there's nine Interact-type networks in the U.S., uh, so it's very, very different. But we saw it as, a, as an emerging market. We saw the credit challenge, and we saw debit was exploding, and it was one of the areas that we liked and, and one of the reasons we, you know, we, th we saw the U.S. as a good opportunity. Now, speaking of debit and credit cards, uh, at this time of year, uh, certainly a lot of people will be using them to buy all kinds of Christmas gifts on this side of the border and on the other side of the border. So I thought we'd bring in uh, the IT director at Fuller Landau, Kevin Ammerman. Welcome back, Kevin. Hello, how are you? Uh, good, how are you? Thanks. Good. So uh, at this time of year, obviously, a security, a big concern to a lot of people. What advice would you give to p for, for those who are going to be using their cards constantly over the next few weeks? And, uh, and what are some things to look out for? Well, I think that's just it. The security is not really on people's minds at this point. They're, they're very excited, spending lots of money and, and enjoying all these new avenues to spend money online. Um, and they're not really uh, protecting themselves. So the credit card providers and the different uh, uh, merchants out there are taking steps to make sure that these transactions are secure and, and while the transaction is in process that it's, uh, it's secured from end to end and quite safe. But uh, what about all those uh, phishing systems and, and uh, scam artists that are out there that are trying to uh, horn in on these, you know, what would other be, otherwise be a happy time of year and take advantage? Um, so, for example, um, charitable organizations uh, frequently market by email, and uh, a new development that we're seeing is that these uh, phishing scammers are uh, hijacking those campaigns. They're actually taking over the charitable donations, the charitable agencies, and where it used to be banks and financial institutions that were uh, being imitated by these phishing, you know, fraudsters, mm -hmm. um, now it's the, the charitable and the more... Uh, benevolent organizations. So things that used to appear to be very safe are, are not so safe anymore. So you have to be very careful to protect yourself against this kind of thing. And maybe just uh, just ask yourself a lot of questions, and if something seems fishy, just don't take the chance. I mean, I get emails from, from quote-unquote Visa about my account, and then, you know, I for a second, I'm like, wait a second, I don't have a Visa card. <laughs> exactly. And if you're in doubt, you just delete the email. You can always call the organization and, and complete the transaction over the phone. Um, you know, look them up in the yellow pages. Make sure that they are actually a valid organization. And you, you don't have, even though they may be soliciting money from you, and it may be a valid organization, um, 
you don't necessarily have to use the vector that they've provided, right? So you don't have to reply via email. You can reply via the telephone or, or, or track them down yourself to make sure that you're talking to who you think you're talking to. We'll continue our conversation about uh, security, uh, whether it's credit cards or online, uh, over over the holiday break especially. If you want to weigh in or um, perhaps ask a question, 514-790-0991. Uh, start talk on Bell Mobility and a text messaging for 25 cents, completely secure, uh, to 514-800-753 on today's Entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Remaining moments on today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar along with Michael Newton of Fuller Landau filling in for Josh Miller who is uh, finishing up breakfast I suppose right now in Hong Kong. Our guests, uh, David Swade of Sterling Payment Solutions. Uh, they help uh, retailers with payment systems. And from Fuller Landau, the IT director there, Kevin Ammerman, we're talking a bit about uh, online security, credit card security, especially during this holiday season when people are going to be using their cards so much. And Kevin, as you said, often without thinking of it. Uh, so we'll take one call at uh, 790-0991. Uh, this is Alan and his car. Hi, Alan. Hi there. Uh, hi, Mike. Uh, question is for Kevin. Uh, the credit card companies offer you insurance against uh, fraudulent use of your credit card. And at the same time, my understanding is that if there is any fraudulent use, they'll cover the... Uh, they won't charge you if, if it can be proven that it was fraudulent. So why would I accept their offer for this type of insurance. I may have to redirect your question here. I think we have an expert on hand. Uh, hi, Alan. It's David. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Visa and MasterCard have, have a, what's called a zero tolerance uh, or zero liability uh, policy. So uh, if you charge, you know, if a card if your card is charged and it was unauthorized, um, the consumer is always made whole. Um, so this insurance, maybe it covers something other than, than, than that. Um, you know, it's hard for me to, to, to know, but yeah, I would agree with you that, you know, that you may not need additional insurance knowing that uh, Visa, MasterCard, uh, Amex, uh, Discover, uh, all have a, a zero liability, uh, sorry, yeah, zero liability policy. And, uh, well, I just, it was just in the news recently, actually, that the banks are moving in the direction of, uh, of putting that liability on the consumer. So if people are using their cards, what maybe, what's some, uh, a couple of quick bits of advice, uh, just in case, you know, you find yourself in a situation where someone's cleaning out your account? Yeah, the reason that they're, they're putting the liability onto the consumer is because of chip and PIN. They're saying, if I'm going to give you a, a, you know, a PIN number, um, you know, you, you need to be careful with it, very much like, like debit. So that's why the liability has shifted, but, um, you know... Uh, uh, just um, what was the second part of the question? Sorry. Uh, any adv adv advice if you're going into many stores over the holiday season to, to protect yourself? Just just keep your PIN protected. Whether you do it online through Verified by Visa or Mastercard Secure Code, they also have online PIN uh, capabilities. Just to, to Kevin's point, um, same in a store. Keep your PIN secure if you have it. If not, um, just make sure that also when you sign your receipt that the, the full credit card number is not there. Most merchants are expected to X out the receipt to just your last four digits. Little things like that go uh, go a long way. Is it better to 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 put your pin into the slot or to swipe the the card? Oh, definitely into into the uh, slot. Don't swipe it if you have a, if you have a pin. Okay. Well, uh, David Swade, Sterling Payment Solutions, and Kevin Ammerman, the IT director at Fuller Landau. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much, and your advice is certainly very helpful during the holiday season. Uh, parting thoughts, Michael. 
Yeah, quickly, a um, couple of things. One is I'm learning that I'm filling in from Josh Miller, so uh, it's a very, very ominous uh, position to be in. So uh, uh, two, I think, uh, listening to David and uh, the family dynamics, I think it's amazing to see that uh, how the openness uh, working between the the family has as, uh, led to a, a big success. And, and I think the key at the end of the day, as anything we do, revolves around passion. Uh, if you're going to go start your own business, uh, if you're going to uh, coach a hockey team, whatever that is, make sure you take that passion with you. I think that's the key to success at the end of the day. You can overcome an awful lot of hurdles in 70, 80-hour weeks if you really, really enjoy what you're doing. Thank you, Michael Newton. Uh, you can reach Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or visit them online at flmontreal.com. Friendly Fire is next.